Welcome to iChurch. Our mission is to break bondage, inspiring you. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, iChurchOKA.com. But now, get ready for what God has to say to you. And, 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 and he started writing about it. He, he said, I could sing it, Pastor. I said, I want you to sing it. If you can, right before my sermon, I want you to sing it. Right before I get up on the altar. Now, today I'm going to be very, very, very brief. Amazingly brief. So I need you to pay attention clearly to what I'm about to say. It doesn't require a lot of your attention. It just requires a short period of it. So if you're ADD like I am, you'll be able to catch it no matter what. But I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to, to analyze something with me. I'm going to be a little deep today and, and on, on a subject that seems very simple, but I'm going to be very deep on it. This song says, I will rise. And there's two songs I started saying. One of them is, I can only imagine. And the song talks about imagining being in the presence of the Lord and standing before His throne. And when I just think about being before the Lord, it just amazes me. But when I hear this song also, it talks about, I will rise. And Chris Tumlin wrote this song. It says, when He calls my name, no more sorrow, no more pain. And it says, I will rise on eagles' wings before my God falls. Uh, before my God, I will fall on my knees and I will rise and here's what impacts me about this song when you when you when you when you when you sing this song and you think about the future and you think about the moment when the Lord calls his children he puts them before him and the, the song saying I will rise it says I have been fallen but I will stand up and be all God called me to be that's what the song says put the lyrics up on the screen for me please Just put all the lyrics up on the screen for me I want to I want to go over those lyrics one more time with you and I'm not going to sing it don't worry but I want to go over these lyrics with you he says and I will rise when he calls my name no more sorrows no more pain I will rise and eagle wings before my God I will fall on my knees and it says and rise I will rise now look at the next verse I want you to see this next verse it says there's a day that's drawing near it's really close he says he says there's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light he says everything that I see is dark will no longer be dark it will be bright so it's talking about something that's going to happen and it says and the shadow disappears everything that's dark in your life everything that's shadowy in your life everything that's ambiguous in your life everything that's, that's that, 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 that makes you sad everything that's, that, that's not godly in your life will disappear and my faith shall be my eyes and it says and my faith it says what was in faith will no longer be in faith because what was in faith will come to be see I believe we believe God is and we believe we'll see him in the future and it's saying there's going to be a moment it's not going to require faith because faith is a certainty of something you see but you something you believe is there even though you can't see it it's the conviction of saying it exists even though I don't see it and what he's saying is that his faith shall no longer be because he doesn't have to believe something he doesn't see he'll be standing in front of God and he'll be seeing it and in the next verse as you go it says Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won now it's complicated here because now he starts saying Jesus is overcome and the grave is the grave is overwhelmed it says Jesus overcame it's talking about Calvary. It's talking about Jesus on the cross dying. If you're new here and you have no idea what he's talking about, it's talking about Jesus dying on the cross and his blood and his life shed for our sins. And it says he overcame death. 
In other words, I no longer have to die because I accept Jesus Christ. I can have eternity and be with him. And then it says the victory is won. It says I already have the victory. He is risen from the dead. And then it goes back into the chorus, if I'm not if I'm not it wrong. And it says, I and I will rise, and I will rise. He, listen to this, and I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. Everything I've been going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're living, but it says that there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more pain. If you lost a loved one, you're not gonna have that pain anymore. You'll be able to gather with them if they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. You'll be able to see this person again, the people you've lost, the people you love. And it says if you have physical pains, they'll be gone. If you have sicknesses, it'll be gone. It won't be there anymore. See, we're in a world that our body will ache and our body will go into pain. And we have to accept that that's part of the process. But there's going to be a moment that there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. And it says, before my God fall on my knees. It says, I will fall on my knees. And then it goes into this part that everybody sings. It says, and I rise, I will rise. And I stopped there for a second. Why? Because I'm teaching a series, Success God's Way. And I'm going to go back to the song at the end. But I'm teaching a series that says, How to Have Success God's Way. You could have success many ways. You could steal a bank and be successful. But that's not God's plan. There's your plan. There's God's plan. God's plan. There's a way to have success in God's plan. And we're basing it on Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. And Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 states very clearly that God has a plan for us. It says, and I have a plan. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Say it with me, everybody. Come on, one, two, three. For I know the plans I have. Come on, again, one more time. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Come on, everybody. Plans to prosper. Prosper who? And not to harm who? Plans to give who? Hope and the future. That's what it says. You know, if we take this same portion and I show it to you in different versions, no matter what it is, I could show you this in like 10 different types of versions. I could put them up on screen for you and show you like 10, 20 different different Bible verses. I could show you different styles. And it always says the same. It always says the same. It'll always say, I want to show it to you actually on screen. I want to show you this. This is, a, 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 if you haven't been here, it's a Bible app that says, uh, uh, it's Bible Hub. And I want to show you a new international version. It says, for I know the plans I have what does it say? For who? For who? You look at the person next to you and say, for you. Look at the person next to you and say, for you. Thank you. Thank you. New Living, New Living Translation says, I think it's the hour change. Everybody's like one hour behind still. Okay? It says, and then New Living Translation says, for I know the plans I have for you. And look at English Standard Version. I know the plans I have for you. Look at American Standard Version. I know the plans I have for you. Look at, look at King James Version, which is most of you are used to reading. For I know the thoughts. I think towards you. See, it changed plan to thoughts, but it still keeps you. And I could go on and on. You know what word will never change in any of these versions? The word you. In all these versions, no matter which one you look at, God is stating one principle very clearly. He's saying, I have a plan for... Come on, church. I have a plan for... He's saying, I have a plan for you. No matter what version you look at, it's always repeating, I have a plan for you. 
And I told you this, this sermon is going to be really short. I'm going to dismiss you in a minute because if you can't catch this in 10 minutes, no matter how long I stay here, you're never going to understand it. The title uh, that I put on this sermon, it's on the calendar. It says, it says, to succeed God's way, you need to see clearly. And I want, I want to clarify everybody's vision today. The Bible says that Satan tries to, 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 to disturb our vision so we don't see clearly. There is not one organization in this country, not one company that succeeds without having a clear vision. There is not one. Every company that has ever succeeded, every person that has ever succeeded had one thing in common. They had a clear vision of where they were going. There is not a marriage in this room that could succeed. There is not a relationship of parents and child that could succeed if you're not clear on the vision of that marriage. You need to see where you're going. You need to see how it's supposed to work. See, my wife and I could be together, but she needs to be able to see clearly what my intentions are and what I want. There are many times in my marriage that I get upset with my wife. Many times, many times. She's sitting there and saying, wow, she's an evil woman. Then, no, look at your wife, and then you know why I'm saying this. You know, there's many times in life that it's just difficult, you know. It's just difficult, and, and, and there's many times that it's difficult for her. And what helps us get over it is when I start understanding her, which is complicated because we think different, and she starts trying to understand me. We have to have a similar and clear vision. She needs to know clearly who Carlos is. And there's times that my wife will do something, and any of you will be looking at her, and you may say, why did she do that? There's times I'm doing something, you're saying, hey, why did Pastor Carlos do that? And my wife looks at me, and when she looks at me, she knows exactly why I did it. She knows exactly why I did it. And you know why she knows exactly why I did it? Because she knows me. You cannot succeed God's way if you're not clear, if you're not clear on a principle that I'm about to teach you. And, this, and, and, and to be clear on this, you need to understand what? That God, the Bible says, I have plans for you. Last week we talked about God's plans. This week I want to talk to you about how in those plans he's including you. See, you're in God's plans. God has plans and you're in them. And you need to understand that the plans that God has developed you're in it. Somebody came up to me. We did a student intern. We're opening up a student intern program here in the church. And we asked last week for people that were interested to go in and roll themselves up, right? So many people, we, originally I said, all right, if we have three kids, it's enough. Three high school or college, starting college students, it'll be good. I'm happy. Uh, so I, and then when I'm printing them out, I said, I said, you know what? Let's print out double. Let's print out six and put them out there. What happens is that we got, we got over eight applications and we have like four people waiting on a list to try to apply for the student intern program. You know, so to my surprise, over 11, 12 students want to come into the intern, intern program. And it was surprising because we can't have that many first round. You know, we could only pick three, but it was amazing to see how many wanted do that so here's the thing somebody one of the students came up to me this week and said hey pastor 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 and 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 they asked me did i get cho- did, did i get picked did i get picked and i said what is did i get did i get picked and i said what is it? am i in am i in the plan of the student intern program and here's my question she wanted to know if she was in the student intern program and she was picked have imagine can you imagine yourself asking god that god am i in your plan god god in in what you're what, what in what you're trying to do am i in that plan and I want you to ask yourself, are you in God's, do you think you're in God's plan? Does that come to your mind? Is your relationship in God's plan? Are you in God's plan? And that's something that I want you to think about today. I want you to stop and think, are you in God's plan? You know, let me show you something. I did this since I used to have a, a little um, program called Radical Ideas that we did on web. It was a webcast and, and it went viral and it just got crazy. And at one point I just moved here. I let it go and I stopped. It was, it was in the people in Vietnam were watching it, believe it or not. And I did this illustration many years ago, and I want to do it again with you guys today. Check this out, guys. I want you guys to look at the screen a minute, and I'm going to put up a picture. And I want you guys to pick from that picture. I love bananas. I love bananas. I eat bananas every day. Okay, I'm Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans eat bananas. That's what we do. Okay, I eat bananas. We have bananas in our backyard, so I eat bananas. My wife buys bananas every week in my house because I have to have bananas in my house. And we have three bananas there. Now, I want everybody in this room to pick one of those bananas. 
And I'm going to ask you which one you picked. I'm going to ask some people out loud which one you picked. I'm going to teach you thing. I want you to pick one of those bananas. Now, it's not a difficult task. It's not, it's not very dis- difficult. If you were going to rip off there one of those bananas, which banana would you pick? I want you to look at them. Okay, there's three bananas. Pick one in your mind. Okay, and that's not a difficult, difficult task. We should already be done. Uh, let's go to Karen. Karen, did you pick the top one would be one, the middle one would be two, and the one closest to me on the bottom would be three. Did you pick one, two, or three? Which one are you eating? She's eating number three, she says. How many people picked number three? Raise your hands. Okay, wow, a lot of people picked number three. Okay, that means something that we have to understand. Okay, how many people picked number two? How many people picked number two? Okay, 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 I would have picked number two. Okay, how many people picked number one? All right, all right, fair amount. There you go. Now, it's not a difficult task, right, to choose one of these bananas? Not difficult. Why? Because you're picking three. But I'm going to complicate this a minute for you. I'm going to complicate for this. Now, down here in this corner, I'm going to put another picture, and I'm going to put a picture of lemons now. And I want you to pick a lemon. And some of you may say, Pastor, I don't like lemons. Well, then you're making a lemonade for somebody else, okay? But, you know, but pick a lemon. If you were to pick one of these lemons and you have one, two, three, four, five, pick a lemon. Now, it gets a little more difficult because here you only had three bananas. Now you have five lemons. So you have more to choose from, okay? So I want you to look and pick. And it's a little hard because the last lemon is all the way at the bottom and you can barely see it. And if you're all the way in the back, it may be hard. You only maybe see four, but there's actually a fifth one down here. So I want you to pick one of those lemons, okay? And let's count them. There's number one. One, two, three, four, five. Which of these five lemons would you pick? Which of these five lemons would you choose? Now, the, comp- now the, the answer, you may have taken a couple of seconds more, not much more than this, because this is a simple cho- chip pick, right? This may take you a little more time, but it shouldn't take you that much more time. You should pick out of those five lemons. Why is it a little more difficult? Because you have more. In fact, everybody pick one. You got it? Okay, now let's do this. Now I'm going to show you another picture. I'm going to complicate a little more. Okay, I'm going to put it right here in the middle. Slap. I'm going to put in nine. I'm going to put nine different I, I thought they were sushis when they showed it to me. Remember, I said, I, and, and, and the sister at order, she said, pasture, sushi. She said, they're candy. I'm like, okay, they're candy then. These are candies, okay? I think I wouldn't pick any of them. <laughs> I thought they were all gross. But if, but if you had to pick a candy, which of these candy, because this looks like a kiwi to me is what it looked like. like. If you had to pick one of these candies, which one would you pick? Now, now stop before you pick it. I want you to understand the concept. When you're picking bananas, it's not that difficult because you have three and they look identical. When you pick lemons, the size changed, but it got a little more difficult because you want to know. You actually would have liked to touch it because one, when you touch it, if you know about vegetables, and I do actually a little bit, when you touch it, you would have known that one has a little more juice than another. It, one seems a little more ripe than the other there's some more information you want but it gets more complicated because it's a little more diverse when you go into the candies it gets a little, a little even more diverse because now you have nine to pick from and they're going to taste different and they're all different colors now i want you to choose one of these and think which one you think would be the best one now stop before you pick think which one you because there's a trick to this not all of them are good some of these candies are actually rotten some of these candies are actually rotten. So you may pick the one that's rotten, and I need you to make sure you pick the right one. Okay? If you had to pick one of these candies, which one would you pick thinking it was the best? Now, before you pick it, I mean, actually, go ahead. Go ahead and pick it now. Pick it now. Now, remember, one of them is something. They're not all good. Some of them are rotten. Some of them taste really nasty, and some of them are actually good. It got a little more diverse, and it's harder, right? It's harder to choose. 
but you could you could choose now before you do anything and before i show the next picture hold it for a second before i show it what if instead of nine candies i showed you 18 candies what if instead of 18 candies i showed you 25 candies and i told you and i told you pick the right one i would tell you choose the right candy between all these 25 what if instead of 25 i gave you 100 candy and i put 100 candy out right here in the altar and i actually wanted to do it just lay it out and bring a kid and say pick one the kid would have probably wanted to pick them all but i would say pick one i put a hundred candy and I said you out of these hundred candy you're gonna pick one and make sure you get the right one if you came up here how difficult would it be now let's complicate a little more let's say I don't put a hundred candy out let's say I tell you listen I have 200 candy out or 300 and I fill up the altar with 300 candy and I say now you got to pick one out of 300 and pick the right one don't mess up that's a hard choice pretty difficult right well if you think that's difficult and it is it probably is a little more difficult to pick the right one what if you had to pick amongst this what if you had to pick amongst this and your pastor what is that I don't get it what is that those are people. There's an actual picture of people. The Bible says in the book of John 15, 16, keep the picture up. It says, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last Listen, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. God says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. God says, I looked at the multitude and what you're seeing here could be what? Let's say that in each one of these screens, we have a total. Let's just exaggerate. Let's say there's 60,000 people there and 60,000 people here and 60,000 people there. Yeah, let, you know what? Let's just say there's a total of 200,000. Let's exaggerate the number that there's 200,000 people to pick from. Okay, and there's not even that much on screen, but let's say there's 200,000 people. You know what it is to look at 200,000 people? and to go out and choose specifically one you know how honored that one would feel to be chosen at between 200,000 well try this there's 7.1 million people on this earth and you were chosen God says God says I looked out there and I have people all over the world and I chose you God says are you listening to me the Bible says that God looked out into the world and he chose you specifically but he didn't just choose you he said that he chose he chose you and he appointed you so that you might go and bear free fruit God specifically came and said hey uh, yeah you right here I'm gonna grab you he grabbed you Martha he grabbed you Bob he grabbed you Greg he grabbed you he grabbed you John he grabbed you specifically and took you and said I chose you on this earth to bear fruit I chose you with a specific reason I chose you and I have you and if you accept me as your Savior if you come to me that will come to fulfill its prophecy and if you ask things in my name I will give them to you because I want you to bear fruit I want you to be successful I have a plan for you plans of good plans to prosper you not plans of evil so no matter what the heck you're going through right now God said I have a plan and I chose you now I'm about to finish my sermon right now pastor it can't be yes I'm about to finish my sermon why because if you don't get it yet if you don't catch it on this last one you're never gonna catch it I don't care what I say man I could 
preach to you theologically for 14 hours, bring you to a retreat, tie you to a chair and try to get into your head. You'll never get it if you don't get it now. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wing before my God. I will fall on my knees. At one point, like it or not, you're going to see God face to face. And when you see God face to face, you could say, I was a man or a woman of faith. And he's going to say, I chose you for a purpose. I chose you to bear fruit. Are you listening? He said, I chose you to bear fruit. I chose you. I could have chosen anybody. But I skipped the person behind you. I skipped your brother or I skipped your uncle. I chose you specifically to bear some fruit. Where is the fruit you were supposed to bear? Where is it? Where was your faith without your works? Where is it? Come on, man. And here's the funny part. I choose an intern, a student intern. I get to choose one. We actually went from three to four. We're going to pick four because we can't pick out of all 12. We can't pick more. But we upped it up one more. English council picks one. Spanish council picks another. These are student interns that are going to work. We're going to train for six months. And we're going to give them partial scholarship for a mission trip. And we're going to equip them with their resume. And there's, there's, here, here it is. English council picks one. Spanish council picks another. Our youth leaders pick the other one. And I get to pick one with my wife. We get to pick one. Here's, here's the deal about it. You know, when somebody hears you were chosen, we're not going to tell them who picked them, but when somebody hears you were chosen out of 12, this is the stupid reaction we'll probably get. It's probably going to be, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to be there. I'm going to get to that. And they're going to be so excited because they were chosen. Kids get there. Uh, you got accepted to this college and they're like, cool, man. I got it. You apply for a job and you're like, oh man, I got us. I accepted for this job. You're trying to do something. And this goes for adults too. You're trying to do something in this world. And you say, man, I got this. I got this job. I landed here. Here's the sad part about it. Here's the sad part about it. You're getting excited because man chose you out of what? Out of 12? God chose you out of 7.1 million people. And he said, I have a purpose for you. And you're sitting back frustrated. And you're sitting back waiting. And you're waiting for confirmation. I'm waiting for confirmation. When this solves, and then maybe I'll serve God. When this happens, then maybe you're, you're waiting. You're waiting. And here's the problem. At one point, Jesus Christ sat with his disciples and he gives them a parable. And the parable Jesus Christ gives the disciples is what Jesus Christ said to the disciples. He turns to them and said, there was a man with many talents that, that, had, that was very rich. And he took his servants. And to the first servant, he gave five talents. And to the second servant, he gave two talents. And to the third servant, he gave one. And he said, I'm going away, but I'll come back. And when I come back, I want to know what you did with what I gave you. Because I chose you. I didn't choose the rest of my employees, but I chose you to do something. I'm going to go and come back and see what you did with it. Are you listening? And the master came back. See, God, God gave Mike a privilege. And I'm going to minister to Mike because Mike's on the altar with me. And, and because if nobody else gets it, you have to get it. You see, the problem is he gave you a ministry. He gave you an opportunity. And he said, here, I'm giving this you in this hand. And he's coming back. And when he comes back, you're going to face him face to face. And you could ignore that all your life. But there is going to be a day you're going to face him to face to face. And when you face him, when you face him face to face, you're going to stand there. And you're going to say, what do I do? And he's going to say, I chose you, Mike, amongst a multitude. So you, maybe you're worried because Chino's off on the base. I don't know. Chino's off on the base and you're worried about that. Or you're worried because your drummer doesn't show up. Or you're worried because... And God's saying, I chose you amongst all these people. And you're worried about that. God's saying, God saying, Mama, I chose you to be the mama of that child and you think you can't bear with that kid? You think you can't hack it? 
Dad, I chose you to be the parent of this boy and you think you can't do it? You know, and, and, you're, and God's saying, I chose you and I put you there with a purpose and you're going to bear fruit. And if you call out to me, I will give you what you need. I will equip you with everything you need to accomplish what I called you to do. Here, let me share something with you that's very intimate in my personal and private life. This I don't share with many people. My wife knows it and very few people know this. Right before I get up to the sermon, there's something I traditionally say to myself. And I've never been in vain. Right before a sermon, I say about 80% of the times, I say, I was born for this. You say, Pastor, that's pretty fried prideful. No, it's knowledgeable. I know I was chosen from God to be a pastor. I tried everything else and I was very successful at everything I tried, but I was miserable. I became a pastor and no matter what the outcome is, I will always be successful. Why? Because I'm in God's plan. So I sit in the front row and I say, I say, I was born for this. I was born for this. And Satan will convince me of 10,000 things and 10,000 reasons why I cannot do it and why I cannot achieve it and why I'll be miserable about it and why I won't be a good speaker. He'll say, you're ADD. He'll say, you can't pay attention. He'll say, your grammar's not that great. He'll say, your, your, your pronunciation isn't that awesome. He'll say, you confuse two languages. He'll give me a thousand reasons. And I stop there and I say, I was chosen for this. God gave me a chance. And God, if you gave me a chance, you will equip me with everything I need. For he has plans for me. Plans to prosper me and plans to bless me. And I'm included in those plans. And I will not let Satan discourage me. Contrary, my question to you is what's going through your mind? Why are you so discouraged? Why? Are, what's dominating your thought? What's going through your mind? What's beating you at the race? What's taking over in your life? Because I'm standing here. You came to hear the the word of God and I'm telling you that God says I have plans but it doesn't just say I have plans he's saying I have plans for you I chose you to bear fruit here on earth until I come back and like the parable of the talents at some point he will come to you and it would be so great if you could say what that servant said in Matthew 25 23 his master replied well done good and faithful servant God turned to the man that he blessed and chose and gave a chance would you not like to go to heaven and hear God say well done good and faithful servant would you not like to go to heaven and stand before the throne of grace and the almighty God and hear God say well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things I will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness would you not like to hear that I strive to stand before the presence of my Lord and hear him say come good and faithful servant you said yes on earth you served me you understood that your period of life was short and you made sure to shout out to the world that you were chosen by me that you were born for a bigger purpose that you were chosen for something great and here's my problem that you will die someday and my question is are you serving that greater purpose my question question is if you die today are you serving that greatest purpose my question to you today is when you sing a song that says I will rise are you a hypocrite about it or are you sincere pastor if you keep on preaching like this you'll never fill up this church if I keep on preaching like this I will find people that understand the truth and the revelation of God that takes him to a higher anointing level and lets him spiritually break free from all the lies the church has been telling them all their life and the truth about it is when we sing a song that says I will rise when he calls my name no more sorrow no more pain is that real 
I will rise on eagles' wings. Before my God, I will fall on my knees. Why will you fall on your knees? To say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, because when I was on earth, I knew I had chances to serve you and you chose me, but I was just a coward to serve you. I was afraid to respond to the calling. I was afraid, God, to speak to the cashier at the Walmart about Jesus Christ. I was afraid to stand up and break free from all. I always had a cheap excuse. I said that church was full of hypocrites. I always had something cheap to say. Is that what you're going to say when you go before God? Pastor, are you threatening me? No, man, I'm waking you up. I'm giving you a smell of, 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 of coffee so you can wake up and open your eyes because we, we do this so many times. And, and God's saying, why will you fall to his knees? Here's, here's my problem. Here's my problem. In this song, Chris Tumlin messed something up because he said, and you would think he messed it up because it says, I will fall to my knees. And he says, and I will rise. You know why you will rise? You don't get it. See, theologically, what happens is the following. When you make it to heaven, everything you did here on earth receives a crown. Everything you did for God's glory, little details, receives a crown. And we cop out saying, well, I'll receive a crown because I ain't done nothing bad. That's no crown for doing nothing bad. That's just an obligation. That's just Christianity. You're going to receive a crown for everything you did for God. For all the time you dedicated. And here's the thing. You're going to sit down. The crowns are going to be given to you. And God's going to say, here's the crown of this person that you brought to them. A feat of my salvation. Here's the crown of these people. This mission trip you did. Here's the crown of the time you dedicated in my house to serve those. Here's the crown for the time you stood out in the parking lot when it was raining, pouring, and it was cold. But you were there to make people feel welcome. Here's the crown for welcome. Here's the crown for being a deacon. Here's the crown. But it's truly, fully dedicated surrender lives to God. Here's the crown for telling your friends, you know what? God's first, man. I'm sorry. I serve God. I don't serve this world here's your crown and when he gives you those crowns you know why he says i will rise because at that point the bible verse says in the bible in the book of revelations chapter 12 and also in this song it's not chris tumlin it's in the word of god the bible says that the angels will sing and they will sing to his glory and you'll look up and you'll see angels singing on both sides and when the angels start singing to the glory of god the people that have crowns will stand up and say yes god it is to your glory and the bible says that we will grab our crowns and we will say we have something to worship you with we did it on earth and that's why we were faithful in the little and you put us upon plenty and we will say it be to your glory and to your honor and you will throw the crowns at the feet of our lord and savior and he will stand there and see the crowns fall to his feet and he will look at you with approval saying you were faithful to me even when others didn't believe you were faithful to the calling you were faithful to the need you were faithful to those that were hurting you watched you took care of me on earth and I chose you amongst many and when I chose you you were doing the right thing you said God while I'm here on earth I want to live for you completely and you'll be able to say worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb and you will rise so pastor what are you saying here's my last sentence and I'll let you go you can't rise then if you don't rise today just can't you could you could do the talk, but it's no good if you don't do the walk. You will have to rise today and say, God, I will rise and I will serve you. So when I go to heaven, there will be no sorrow, no pain, and all the glory will be given because worthy is the life will surrender to you here on earth so when in heaven I can glorify your name because 
worthy is the King. Please close your eyes and bow your heads. And with your eyes closed,